Welcome to the Confluence Investment Management Asset Allocation Weekly Report for October 1st, 2021. We return to the subject of inflation today. Last week, we discussed why disruptions in the supply chain and a pivot away from globalization may contribute to longer lasting and deeper inflation than previously anticipated. Today, we're going to look at what a more positive recent inflationary trend might tell us about its strength and staying power. I'm Phil Adler. Joining me is Confluence Investment Management Staff Economist Thomas Wash. Thomas, you've been closely following month-over-month inflation numbers. What can they tell us that the (coughs) year-over-year numbers don't? Well, the month-over-month change gives us a good idea of the inflation momentum, especially when compared to annual inflation. For example, if you look at only the annual numbers, you would not have noticed the steep deceleration and inflation that took place over the last two months. So is it accurate to say that the pace of inflation seems to be subsiding, while at the same time, prices do remain substantially above where they were a year ago? Yes, that is correct. I think the best way to view it is that at some point, prices hit a barrier where it is just too difficult for them to rise any further. For example, used car prices have risen to a point where they're almost as attractive as getting a new car. So when you look at the August report, there was a dip in used car prices, even though new car prices were able to sustain its growth that it had over the last few months. Would you say this one category has been exerting an outsized impact on the overall CPI number? Yes. Over the last few months, used car and truck prices have had a disproportionate impact on overall CPI. For example, the swings that we've seen in CPI this year coincided with similar movements in used car and truck prices. I'm still curious, though, why used car and truck prices are declining recently. I thought supply remained an issue. Rental cars remain scarce, travel is on the increase, and new car supplies continue to be diminished by disruptions in the supply chain for computer chips and other parts. The deceleration in used car and truck inflation may have been due to weaker demand because at some point, consumers just start considering their substitutes. Thomas, are there categories in the overall CPI that continue to show a sharp month-to-month increase in prices? Yeah, there are, especially in categories such as food and energy. But none of them seem to have as big of an impact on inflation like used car and truck prices have had over the last few months. How are increased wages and worker scarcity affecting month-over-month prices in categories such as restaurants and, and home deliveries? Well, the labor shortage hasn't had as much of an impact on pricing as you would think. For example, food service prices, such as places in restaurants and bars, have risen more and less in line with their historical average. The limited price increase suggests that restaurants may not have the ability to push higher costs onto their consumers. So one of the things I've been noticing is that a lot of restaurants and bars have essentially dealt with this labor shortage by limiting their operating hours. Healthcare is an area that does not show any dramatic increase in month-over-month prices. I'm, I'm a little puzzled by this, since hospitals are offering big bonuses and higher wages to attract healthcare professionals, such as nurses. Yeah, the rise in COVID cases has prevented hospitals from providing some of their high-end services, which is why medical services in general 
have not increased all that much. That said, a, a subcategory, especially that's one related to nursing, inpatient care has actually seen a sustained price increase over the last few months. Gasoline has seen a big price increase lately. This is a category that consumers pay a lot of attention to. What role has this played in the month-over-month numbers? Prices for gasoline has actually risen at a relatively stable pace over the last few months. So it hasn't had a major impact on monthly CPI as one would have thought. How do you expect energy prices to perform short-term and long-term as the government encourages greener alternatives and cracks down on greenhouse gas emissions? I think energy prices will still show their normal volatility from month to month. However, in the long run, I think increased regulation, especially those related to climate change, should lead to higher energy prices. General Mills, I noticed, just announced an increase in prices for cereal. Is, is this a sign of things to come? Not necessarily. Big retailers like Walmart and Target are big enough to force most of their suppliers to absorb any increases in their bottom line. As a result, U.S. food companies will find it hard to continuously raise its prices over a sustained period of time. Well, as you've mentioned, we've seen the month-over-month inflation comparisons moderate. When do you expect the year-over-year comparisons to do the same? Assuming all else remains equal, prices may start to moderate at around mid-2022, but it is still too soon to say for sure. What impact would a decline in those year-over-year comparisons have on the stock market? A decline in a year-over-year inflation could calm investors' concerns about hyperinflation. Therefore, it should be relatively bullish for equities. How about bond prices and interest rates? Theoretically, a decline in inflation should be bearish for short-term duration bonds and bullish for long-term bonds. However, if recent events serves as a guide, a decline in the year-over-year inflation could have a limited impact on bonds as investors focus more of their attention on economic growth projections. Once the pandemic ebbs, as we hope it will, what do you think we should reasonably expect in terms of year-over-year inflation growth? Well, we expect that inflation will fall, but still remain higher than what we've been used to, especially prior to the pandemic. So instead of, you know, one to two percent inflation, inflation could be more like two to three percent. And Thomas, what level of annual inflation growth do you think the Federal Reserve would be comfortable with? It is tough to say, but I think the Fed will be comfortable with inflation below three percent annually. Is it fair to say, as we sum up, that predicting future inflation is extraordinarily difficult because of all the factors that play a role? Yes. There are so many factors in play that it is very difficult to predict inflation. Even the Federal Reserve, with their army of PhD economists, has struggled to reliably predict inflation. So we always try to be as conservative as we possibly can. Thank you, Thomas. It also seems to me that difficulty engaging future inflation is another reason average investors need experts on their side to help them navigate strategy. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. We wish to state that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Adler.